I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. It's been a while since uh, I did the last podcast, and there are a few stories that happened in between then, so I'm just going to go over them as best I can. So here we go. I, uh... I thought I had some problems and that I was trapped in the past because I kept seeing Jermaine Taylor wins middleweight title, but no, I am in the year 2014, almost nine years after Jermaine Taylor, or actually no, it's more than nine years after Jermaine Taylor upset Bernard Hopkins and won the Undisputed Championship. This time he only won the uh, IBF version of the middleweight title. He won from uh, Sam Solomon. He won a unanimous decision. Uh, apparently, uh, Solomon was injured. He uh, hurt his leg during the fight, but at the same time, that's not really Taylor's fault. He's you know, to go in there and win the fight. And uh, he knocked Solomon down in round 7, 8, 9, and round 11 as well. Uh, what's next for Jermaine Taylor? That's a very good question. I don't see him getting in the ring with Gennady Golovkin. For the safety of uh, Jermaine Taylor, I really hope that doesn't happen. We'll be talking about Golovkin later, but... I, re- I really don't know who it there is out there that Taylor could fight that is credible. But going over Jermaine Taylor's record, I noticed something. Uh, after his fight with Arthur Abraham in 2009, he took over two years off. The uh, Abraham fight was in September of 2009. He came back uh, December 30th of 2011. And since that fight, he's had four fights. And I stopped and I thought about it and I realized, oh, Jermaine Taylor's won the middleweight title. And then it hit me. He's had more fights. He's had more fights since 2011 than Andre Ward. Seriously, I hope Andre Ward can get his crap together because sitting on the sidelines and doing commentary for HBO and having them always say, "Oh, you know, it'd be nice if if Gennady Golovkin could fight Andre Ward." Yeah, it'd be nice if Andre Ward could fight anybody at this point. But, uh, yeah, no, when Jermaine, when you're being, uh, when Jermaine Taylor is having more fights than you, you know that, okay, gotta be more active. Cornelius Canine Bundridge made history in his own way when he became the oldest man to ever win a junior middleweight title at the age of 41. Uh, K-9 had, uh lost his title. He previously held the IBF middleweight, or sorry, the IBF junior middleweight title, and uh, he lost that to uh, Ishay Smith, and then Ishay Smith lost it to Carlos Molina, and Molina uh, fought K-9 Bunridge, and K-9 Bunridge won. That uh, kind of surprised me. I expected Molina to, you know, be his usual spoilery self and surprise everyone, but no, it was Bundridge who did it, and uh, he's hoping to get a fight with Canelo. <laughs> Good luck with that. Canelo's got his eyes on Miguel Cotto. I probably made that sound a lot worse than it should have, but uh, 
No, uh, Canelo's going for a fight with Miguel Cotto, and then maybe Golovkin. I Again, I will get to Gennady Golovkin later. But uh, either way, I mean, when you make history like that, that's got to stand out on its own. And also, at the age of 41, I mean, you win a world title. How many people can say that they've ever done that? So, congratulations to him. Moving on. Uh, this is a bit of sadder news. Longtime contender Emmanuel Augustus, who goes by the nickname The Drunken Master, was shot outside his gym last week and is currently on life support. The suspect involved in the shooting, uh, Christopher Stills, aged 21, um, apparently Augustus was not even the target of any sort of assault or robbery. According to the uh, Louisiana police, uh, Stills got into an argument with his cousin while riding in a car. Uh, he got out of the car and fired several gunshots over the car out of anger. And uh, he, did, he doesn't even know Emmanuel Augustus. It wasn't a robbery. Nothing was taken. He just happened to get hit in the head by one of these bullets. Um, Emmanuel Augustus fought until 2011 and I'm trying to figure out when his career started. It started back in 1994 so he fought all the way to 2011. Altogether throughout 78 fights he has a record of 38 wins and 34 losses, 6 draws, 20 knockouts. The thing that most people unfamiliar to boxing, they'd look at his record and say, oh, well, he's not really that good anyway. Watch his uh, 2001 fight with Mickey Ward. Uh, I think, yeah, that was named Fight of the Year by Ring Magazine. His record does not reflect how good he really is. And uh, wish him the best in recovery. Hope that he can pull through. Nonito Donaire was knocked out this past Saturday night by undefeated Nicholas Walters. Uh, going into this fight, I don't know, sometimes I just get a feeling like something's not right, and that's uh, become my upset sense. And uh, my, yeah, no, that, that just kept going through me. Uh, when I was thinking about this fight, I just thought, no, something's, something's not right. And, yeah, Nicholas Walters, uh, it, it looked like he knocked him down in the first round. But uh, the referee said, no, no knockdown. Then uh, he landed this good combination in the third round. It was a, an uppercut that dropped Donaire. And uh, he was able to end it in the sixth round. Donaire made it to his feet, but... You could tell he's in no condition to continue. What's happened to Nonito Donaire? Honestly, he, he had such a great 2012. Uh, I think he had uh, four fights that year. Yeah, four fights that year. Won them all. Almost every publication out there named him Fighter of the Year. When we did our end of the year awards, that's who we said was Fighter of the Year. And then first fight in 2013 um, just is completely outclassed by Guillermo Rigondo. Then he has uh, a fight with Victor Chinian in uh, 
the end of the year in November, he was behind on the scorecards and was able to uh, score a TKO in the ninth round. Then he had some fight in uh, at the end of May that uh, went to a technical decision, and he's he's got this loss now. You, you kind of wonder what has happened to him. I saw somebody write, <coughs> pardon me, that uh, oh, Nonito softened because he became a father. Uh, well, I, I think that's a bit ridiculous, to be honest. But, and I don't see how, oh, I've got an extra mouth to feed. Well, that's not incentive to fight harder. Sir, I don't believe anything like that. Um, but, I uh, went back and I remembered that Donaire thought about retiring after uh, the Toshiaki Nishioka fight. That was his third fight in 2012. He honestly said, I've achieved everything I've wanted to. I've won titles. I'm on the pound-for-pound list. So, why not? But then they offered the uh, Jorge Arce fight, which was almost uh, two months after the Nishioka fight. Yeah, there's almost... I don't know, a sense that he's just doing it now because he wants to. I I don't know, I don't sense the same amount of fire. And, come on, he wanted to retire in 2012. What What's stopping him from retiring now? Even though he says that he's not going to, that he's going to keep going. A lot of people also say that he uh, just is too small for uh, featherweight. It's not a bad argument. Maybe he should move back down, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens next for Nonito Donaire. Oh, uh, one last thing I, I would uh, like to note. Donaire, uh, when he got knocked out this past weekend, he was the same age that Victor Chinian was when he got knocked out by Nonito Donaire. I just thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like, maybe this Walters guy might be the next Nonito Donaire. You never know. You honest to God never know. Okay, now let's talk about the, you know, the the man who everybody is talking about in boxing right now, who is not named Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, Bernard Hopkins, or Sergey Kovalev. No, let's talk about Triple G, Gennady Golovkin. And yeah, it's Triple G. I've heard Jim Lampley call him GGG. A few times. I think he did that on the last episode of the fight game. I don't know why he's doing. It sounds like a a French guy who's had a stroke trying to call his poodle or something. But no, he's Triple G. Gennady Golovkin made the twelfth defense of his uh, WBA middleweight title. And think about this for just one second. Golovkin got the WBA version of the middleweight title. In October of 2012, or sorry, October of 2010. We are in October of 2014, and this is the 12th time he's defended it. Somebody showed me something on Twitter that mentioned the number of times uh, Hagler defended it, and I'm not saying that Golovkin was better than Hagler. By any means, please don't get on my case. I'm not going to be Bob Arum and saying, "Oh, well, this big puncher could have beaten Hagler," but um, 
it doesn't say to me that he love that he, that uh, he's better than Marvin Hagler by any means. It just shows that this guy really loves to fight. He doesn't care who he gets in the ring with. He just wants to get in there and beat them up. And that's all he's been doing. He has not taken anybody to a decision. He's been knocking them out. Some of these opponents should not have been there. I don't know who told him that Nobuhiro Ushida was a credible opponent. I honestly God don't, but... I'm not uh, on the WBA board of directors. I don't know who told him Kasim Uma was a good opponent either. But at the same time, he's going in there. He's beating these guys up. And that's what he did to Marco Rubio this past Saturday. Knocked him out in two rounds. The punch uh, seemed a little high on the head. And, uh, you know, just for a second, I was like, oh, you know, how'd that land? But, uh... It was a clean punch, and Rubio was starting to get up slowly, and, uh, you know, he, he just got up too late, because the referee counted 10, and he's out. So, uh, after the fight, Golovkin said, you know, I would love to fight Miguel Cotto, I would love to also fight Canelo Alvarez. Oh my gosh, that, no, that's great news. I would love to see Golovkin versus Cotto. That fight would kick ass. And I hope that I didn't get censored in post for that. But, uh, no, that fight would truly be awesome. Especially if it's a, if Kodo can bring the same sort of firepower and intensity that he brought to his uh, fight with Sergio Martinez. If he can do that, oh, wow. Now, I, I know that there there's not much time left in the year, but... Thinking about it, there has not been a real front runner for Fighter of the Year, in my opinion. If you want to say it's Floyd Mayweather, fine. Say it's Floyd Mayweather, but prepare to be ridiculed by me later on. Uh, no, I honestly think that even though he's not, uh, it, even though these aren't the elite opponents that we would like. You still have to say that Gennady Golovkin has brought a lot of attention. And he's getting people excited. Because you know when you go to one of his fights or if you watch him, you know that somebody's going to get knocked down. You know somebody's going to get hurt. That's exciting. We want to see somebody go out there and just take it to the other guy. We don't... I mean, come on. You could hear... People booing during the last round of Mayweather versus Maidana 2 because Mayweather's dancing around trying not to get hurt. And I don't care if his if his left hand was hurt and he couldn't feel anything because Maidana bit him. He's still got the right hand. Just switch southpaw and, like, hit him with your right. Oh, for God's sakes, why am I getting into that crap fight again? Look, they may not be the best opponents, but... At the same time, he's giving you the best value for money that you can ask for. And I know that, you know, people, uh, I've also heard that HBO, you know, trying to push for a uh, Golovkin-Ward fight. Let Andre Ward have a victory in the court of law first. Then, let's see what he does with his career. Because Ward said, oh, if I never fight in a professional, professional ring again, I won't have any regrets. You say that now, but yeah, no, you will. <laughs> Finally, uh, 
It has been announced that Amir Khan will face off with Devin Alexander in a winner-gets-to-fight-Floyd-Mayweather match. Yeah, this is going to be happening uh, December 13th at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. Khan is coming off his very impressive victory, just utter domination of Luis Colazzo. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Devin Alexander, on the other hand, uh, last year he had he lost to uh, Sean Porter, and uh, this past June he uh, scored a decision over Jesus Soto Caras. Uh, you know what? I I have to lean towards Khan in this fight uh, at at this moment. I mean, it's very early, but I don't know. He just he wants it more. He's been talking about the Mayweather fight for uh, three years, and this is the closest he's ever going to get. And he knows that if he screws it up, he might as well just retire now because he's never going to get a fight that big, un unless he were to fight Manny Pacquiao. But I don't see that happening. He wants this fight. He's going to be training extra hard for it. So. Uh, that's my prediction on it. Anyway, that's all we have for this podcast. But uh, before we go, I just want to take a moment and tell you something. I got to be honest, sometimes it's very hard for me to get motivated to do a podcast. Um, I wanted to do one earlier, but I was working 50-hour work weeks, and I did not have any energy. And I kept promising Justin... You know, oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'll send you one, I'll, or I'll try something, and um, I just didn't have the energy for it, so that's why I did that blog post about uh, hard luck fighters. And if you haven't read it, check it out because I think it's very good. Um, at the same time, there is going to be a podcast next week. I can promise you that. This is something that uh, I've been working on for quite a while. I can't tell you what it is. Justin has swore me to secrecy. I've done the same thing to him. And uh, he's going to be waiting by his computer with bated breath. Because uh, he knows what's coming. And, um, you know, this isn't going to be your standard podcast for me next week. There probably won't be a lot of news on it. Um, there's going to be sort of a main event. And everything else on it is just kind of the undercard. But just, I think you'll like it. I, I really hope that you'll like it. This is something that I've wanted to do for quite a while. Never thought that it would happen, though. Um, feel free to guess what it is. Um, I shall punish you if you do not guess correctly, but uh, you know what? Y you'll have to look for it next week because uh, it's going to be quite exciting. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us at www.boxingforfree.com, twitter.com slash boxingforfree. Be like Eris Lundy Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Glenn Johnson, and hundreds of others. Follow us on Twitter. You won't regret it. Go to youtube.com slash boxingforfree and facebook.com slash boxingforfree page. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Zoom, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, be sure to give us feedback and a rating to let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thanks for listening, and we hope you tune in.
tune in next time. Thanks, I only had to ask you like a billion times.